Welcome to the Business of Influence podcast. I'm your host, Karen White. If you're a creator or a community maker looking to expand your influence, increase revenue, profit, and productivity, you're in the right place. Join me every Tuesday to learn strategies to elevate your career as a professional influencer. Thanks for joining me on today's episode. Now let's get started. In the influencer marketing space, we talk a lot about the deliverables and pricing of influencer campaigns, but not really enough about the different types of brand campaigns. So today's episode is dedicated to the Influencer's Guide to Brand Campaign Types. As influencers or content creators, being aware of the different brand campaign types will definitely help you when it comes to reviewing the brief, pricing and delivering your campaigns. Understanding these different campaign types also will set you up for success with the brand, knowing that you're all on the same page and you're going to meet their expectations. Just like all content is not created equal, neither are all campaign types equal. When we think about these different campaign types, in most cases, These can be applied to whatever type of content you're creating. So we're not talking about a TikTok post or reels or stories. When you're thinking about these different campaign types, you can apply whatever type of content you're creating. So if you're a TikTok creator, you're doing reels, stories, YouTube shorts or videos, blog posts or something else. We're not talking about the delivery mechanism of the content that is the platform you're creating content on. Rather, we're talking about the different types of brand campaigns. Okay, let's get started. This is a fairly entry-level type of campaign and it is discount codes and affiliate marketing. This is when you're supplied with a product and your call to action or your messaging is to offer a discount code or a link, which is an affiliate marketing link, to encourage your audience to buy the product or services. These discount codes and affiliate links are tracked by the brands so they understand how successful your efforts in marketing their content is. This sort of campaign usually includes a gifted product for you and typically it's a low or no fee campaign but it's often accompanied by promises of you being able to generate good fees based on the sales you generate. In other words, how hard you work and how engaged your audience is. Discount codes and affiliate marketing are purely a sales strategy used by brands. And as I said, your fee will often be zero or very low. But it can be lucrative if you have a highly engaged audience or you can generate a viral piece of content. However, for many creators, 
the effort required to create reasonable income through discount codes and affiliate marketing simply isn't there. If you've been offered this type of brand campaign, really weigh up carefully whether it's the right pathway for you. Often it's easier to decline these types of offers or try to negotiate a flat content fee for your work. In other words, a fee that's not based on commissions. Next, we're going to take a look at competitions and giveaways. Fairly self-explanatory. So usually the brand will provide you with the product. It's usually a product or an example of the services to give away. Generally, these types of campaigns are used to grow the brand's social media following, perhaps their email marketing list, or capturing some sort of other data from your audience. Before agreeing to deliver a competition or giveaway content piece, there are some important things you need to consider. Think about who is responsible for the competition terms and conditions. This might seem easy to overlook, but people can get very agitated if they have a complaint about the way the competition has been handled. Competition terms and conditions become increasingly important as the value of the competition or giveaway increases. So think about what is it that the brand's asking you to give away? Are you giving away a pair of pyjamas or are you giving away an all-exclusive trip to a great holiday destination for three days? Have a think about what the value of that giveaway is and how the terms and conditions are going to be implemented. Make sure it is very clear who is responsible for delivering the prizes or the giveaway. While these types of campaigns can be good for your audience growth, if you have to manage the logistics and costs of delivering prizes, you really need to consider the overall cost to you for working on this type of campaign. If the brand is delivering the prizes or products, which really should be the case, what mechanism are you going to use to convey the winner's information to the brand? Indeed, are you even responsible for choosing the winners or is that something that the brand might do, for example, by choosing from comments on your post or some other way? Again, choosing winners can be time consuming and then relaying all that relevant information can also be time consuming. And if you make a mistake like a typo in the address details of a winner, what happens when the winner doesn't receive your prize? These are just a couple of examples of the importance of managing the mechanisms of any competitions and giveaways. You want to have as little responsibility as required for the delivery of prizes and really put that onus back on the brand. Another element that you need to consider is that many states and countries have specific legal requirements around competitions and prize giveaways. So again, whilst it's not necessarily a fun thing to consider, it is a very important consideration. 
When done well, these types of campaigns can be great. They can be lots of fun. You can really engage with your audience and enjoy the gift of giving. But make sure you're considering all of the aspects of the competition and the giveaway before you commit to doing this sort of campaign with the brand. Ask them all the important questions and make sure you're satisfied with how it's going to be delivered and executed before you agree to that type of campaign. Next, we're going to have a look at UGC campaigns. Most creators starting out in the influencer marketing space are familiar with UGC or user-generated content campaigns. Now, for the average Joe, so someone who's not in the influencer space, their UGC content could be tagging their new pair of shoes or sharing the unboxing of a new delivery on their social media. But for a professional UGC creator, they create this type of content for brands and get paid for it. Brands use UGC campaigns for different marketing strategies, including to drive brand engagement, improve brand credibility and authority, increase brand awareness and provide social proof of their product or service being loved out in the market. UGC creators might be influencers or they simply may be UGC creators. There is a difference. Influencers have a strong social media following. UGC creators make organic looking contents for brands to use in their feed and or in paid distribution. UGC creators provide strong social validation for brands in UGC content. And these types of campaigns can be really short and sharp or they can be ongoing. Usually with UGC created content, there is a low production value. So that means it's usually filmed on your smartphone and edited in something like CapCut. The reason for this is the content is designed to look organic. Fees for UGC content can often be lower than influencer content because there's a low threshold or barrier for entry as a UGC creator. We said that UGC creators don't need to have a big social following like an influencer does. Although the fee can be lower, often brands will commission multiple pieces of UGC content. So that's a really good thing if you're starting out in the space and you're choosing to be a UGC creator. Next, we're going to take a look at content whitelisting. This goes by different names. We used to call them dark posts. You might call them boosted content, white labeling, creator advertising, access, paid media promotion. There's lots of different names for it and different brands will use these terms interchangeably. White listing is a paid social advertising campaign through your own influencer account, your own social media account rather than the brand account channels. What it does is it gives brands a way to post content and run paid ads using your account instead of their own. Also, with dark posts, the content might not 
even appear in your feed. It might simply be pushed out to your audience. Brands use whitelisting as a way to create customer trust by using a familiar face for their advertising to have a greater control over the target audience for their content. So if you've really built up a great niche and a great audience base in a specific area, brands will love getting access to get straight into their customer base. And they might use whitelisting to split test or do A-B testing. And that's a way to determine what sort of content, in other words, what sort of ad is going to perform best with their target audience. Whitelisting can also offer brands a good return on investment while driving more engagement and increased conversions on that piece of content. There can be different strategies used in whitelisting. So the traditional whitelisting is when the creator posts content organically and then gives the brand access to boost that post within Facebook's or Meta's ad manager as a paid ad. And on TikTok, these are called Spark ads, but it's the same thing. And this is the most common form of whitelisting. Another form of whitelisting is the generalised whitelisting access. And this is when you might give a brand whitelisting access to run any creative that they want from your social media channels. This content sometimes might not even include you in them, although they would usually perform better if they do. I don't often see requests for this type of whitelisting access, and I certainly wouldn't recommend it unless it's part of a well-paid campaign fee for you. But certainly be aware of the different types of whitelisting that a brand might present to you. Whitelisting campaigns can be beneficial for you as an influencer or a creator. Depending on the ad content, you might be able to benefit from more reach and a larger audience. One of the reasons that you might get this bigger reach and larger audience is that that paid brand spend, the money they put behind the ad, means that you'll get exposure perhaps to audience that haven't yet interacted with your content. And it could be beneficial in that you can strengthen your campaign portfolio. So these are the brands that I've worked with, which you should be able to then leverage into more paid work for yourself. Like many campaign types, there can be some disadvantages or additional things that you need to consider. Some disadvantages could be that by providing brands whitelisting access to your account means that you won't be able to see or approve the ads that they are running. Your followers may be saturated with branded content, so make sure you only collaborate with brands that really strongly align with your audience interests. You don't want to start getting a whole bunch of unfollows on your account because your audience is getting absolutely bombarded with SponCon. And finally, you might have a lack of understanding around the terms relating to the whitelisting. Make sure you understand what the brand is presenting to you and get an expert in to help you if you're unclear around the terms and how you'll be paid. Are you really clear on how the brand's going to use that whitelisted access to your account? 
how long it's going to be for, what sort of audiences are they targeting, when will you be paid. Let's talk about brand ambassador campaigns now. True brand ambassador campaigns should be the aspirational goal for influencers. I love working on brand ambassador campaigns. These are when a brand works with you for an extended period of time, many months or a year or more. These types of campaigns usually include a complete mix or a strong mix of different campaign tactics. So it could be sales tactics, brand awareness, product awareness, positive brand sentiment through enhancing the brand's trust factor and credibility, you know, saying great things about the brand. Why do you love them? And really building that positive brand sentiment. Depending on the length of the campaign, but in longer campaigns, the brand will often want to work with you to develop the content plan and content angles. So it gives you a little bit more say in the approach, which is always fun. You'll usually be provided with a generous amount of product to make sure that you always being able to genuinely show that you're talking about the product, demonstrating the product, being a raving fan about the product. With brand ambassador campaigns, your campaign deliverables will usually be high and that often you'll need to deliver content across multiple channels. So it won't just be one social media channel. It might be multiple platforms that you need to deliver content across. There will be very specific campaign deliverables and you might always be required to deliver always on content. That is that you're talking about the brand whenever you have a reasonable and genuine opportunity to do so. Properly negotiated brand ambassador campaigns are a great source of income. And if great results are delivered, these can lead into rollovers or renewals. It really is this aspirational goal. You might have picked up it's my favourite type of campaign to do. If you're self-managed and you don't have an agent or a manager, listen in to our episode on 10 Tactics for Success as a Self-Managed Influencer. It'll be linked in the show notes and that'll give you just some extra resources around that brand ambassador piece. The final one that we're going to speak about today is event activations. Brands will often engage influencers for event activations. Think about everything from large-scale events like South by Southwest, VidCon, TwitchCon, Social Media Week for Creativeverse, film screenings, product launches, store openings, and everything in between. There was a new store activation in recent months in my local community and the queue went down the block and all the product in the store sold out in the first, I can't remember, it was like 20 or 30 minutes. And that was simply because the brand chose a well-aligned influencer for that store opening and that activation and it just went nuts. It was fantastic, really great alignment. So brands use event activations to increase brand awareness and engagement, create this buzz around new products, 
build their credibility and showcase what makes them great. Going back to that example I just used a moment ago, that store activation was all over the media. Now, I'm sure they had PR associated with the event activation as well. But when it gets into mainstream media too, you know that there's a really great alignment there. And that's where influencers can bring big values to brands. Event activations can often be a one-off event or an event series. So think about, you, you know, you might be asked to go to a film opening, as I said before, or, or an event like South by Southwest and deliver three or four pieces of content. But these can often lead to future opportunities because you're being seen in the right places and you're getting on the list. You're being seen. When negotiating your fee for event activations, you do need to consider if you're obliged to do anything more than show up and be photographed, or are you required to promote the activation through your channels pre-event, during the event, or after the event? And will the brand be creating any content from your appearance? So don't just rock up somewhere and say, cool, I'm going to this film premiere. Think about what it is the brand wants you to do and by all means, go and enjoy the film premiere if that's all it is. But if there's additional deliverables from you required, think about whether it is worth your while to position a fee for that event activation. Before we wrap up today's episode, I want to let you know that we're going to be dedicating an entire episode to gifted campaigns in just a few weeks. I'm smiling as I say this because Gifted campaigns is something that many creators ask about and they're often a pathway or entry-level campaign types for creators and there's lots of questions that always pop up on this subject. Also too, brands often use gifting or sampling as a tactic within their broader influencer marketing strategy. So if you're in the space, it's quite likely, regardless of where you're sitting in terms of career progression, you are going to be offered gifted campaigns. Let's chat about that in a full dedicated episode so we can really get our heads around what responses you can give to a brand when offered a gifted campaign. As always, you can find the show notes and episode resources from today's episode at thebusinessofinfluence.com forward slash EP15. We've got some really great episodes coming up as we move into the Christmas period and we'll focus on some further education, productivity and resources for you to continue to build your career as a professional influencer. Until next week, stay creative.